so uh, we're looking at a period of time after the flood, and uh, we've seen the descendants of Noah uh, as they've, uh, you know, had various uh, sons and, and grandsons and so forth in chapter 10. Chapter 11, they directly contradicted God's purpose uh, that they spread out and uh, populate the earth. They wanted to stay together and make a name for themselves, and so they built the tower in the city reaching up to heaven. Didn't quite get there. God had to come down to see it. And uh, when he came down and saw that what they were trying to do, what did God do? Confused their language. Which accomplished what? What he had told them to do, scattered them. Yeah, forced them to scatter because they couldn't communicate with each other. And so one way or the other, God's will is done. Um, and that leads us to this section starting in 1110. I don't remember what we've done in the past with these genealogies, but I think we'll just uh, look at the idea rather than trying to read all this uh, detail. Basically, this is a genealogy from Shem on down. Sometimes the genealogies spread, and sometimes they go deep. In other words, the one in chapter 10, we were looking at basically all the sons and all the grandsons and so forth most of the way of uh, Noah. So we were spreading it out and looking at the different nations and so forth. But here we're going Shem begat Arphasad and he begat Shelah and he Eber and he Peleg and Reu and Sarag and Nahor and Terah. And so we just go one right after the other. One of the things that we continue to I think wonder about with these genealogies if they're complete. And, wow, it's complicated. Because, on the one hand, we know that there are a lot of incomplete Bible genealogies. For example, the one in Matthew 1 leaves out some steps that we know about clearly. But, we have a little more difficult problem when it gives the number of years that they live before they become a father and then the number of years after they father that person, and then you pick up the next one is that person they fathered. There doesn't seem to be space to be adding generations like there would if it was just so-and-so begot so-and-so, so and he begot so-and-so, or so-and-so was the you know, father of so-and-so or whatever, because those words had some elasticity. Father could mean grandfather, great-grandfather, son could mean grandson, great-grandson. But here it doesn't seem like that. However, I will throw this out. I don't know what to do with this, but I believe that if we aren't dealing with, if, if we are dealing with a complete genealogy, if you work out all the chronology, Shem outlived Abraham. That doesn't strike me as being real likely. Maybe that is the case. Uh, but you wouldn't have really thought that. So I'm kind of leaving that as an open question. Um, uh, perhaps it's better just to assume Shem did outlive Abraham. Perhaps there's some way I'm not thinking about to insert some generations in there. Uh, but other than that, we go from Shem down to, to Nahor. We got Terah, and Terah in 26 lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And now we are down to a family that we're going to key on for much of the rest of Genesis, really for all the rest of Genesis, will be Abram and his family. Comments and questions through 1125.
notice, I think I probably said this already, but I'll say it again, the organization of Genesis. The first 11 chapters are organized around four great sins. What sins were those? Sins of whom? Adam and Eve. Cain. And then the sins of the generation of the flood. And then the sin with the Tower of Babel. That's the way I'm counting this. I'll, not that these are all the sins, but I think you can kind of, uh, this is just my kind of rough outline. If you think of it that way, you pretty well cover the whole area. Not that they was trying to be organized that way, but it's a, it's a good handy way of just saying, hey, if you think of those four sins, you can pretty well get the whole story. The, the last... Um, section from 12 to 50 of Genesis is organized around four great patriarchs. Who would they have been? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. So, that's just a shorthand kind of a homemade way of mentally organizing the book of Genesis. Uh, like I say, I, that's not really the structure of the book. The structure is organized around the generations of so-and-so. It's just kind of my thing for a way to think of uh, Genesis and, in your mind. All right, would somebody read chapter 11, verses 27 to 32? Now these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Izcah. And Sarai was barren. She had no children. <coughs> and Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan, and they went as far as Haran and settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Okay. Um, so, Terah lived 70 years, became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And... So it helps if you can kind of sort out the family tree, although it becomes a bit entangled. If you take Abram, Nahor, and Haran, let's see what we know about them. In verse 27, who was Haran's son? Lot. Lot. All right. Haran died even before Terah did, his father, uh, in the Ur of the Chaldees, in verse 28. Abram and Nahor, the other two, took wives for themselves. Now, who was Abram's wife? Sarai. Sarai. Who was Nahor's wife? Milcah. And who was she? The daughter of Haran. Yes. Brother. So he married his... Niece. Niece. Okay? So... You know, Abraham, Abram takes Sarai, and Nahor marries his niece Milcah, the daughter of his other brother Haran. That will come to play even later on, much later on in the story, uh, a little bit. Um, and so, um, we find out in verse 30 that Sarai was barren, 
Um, she doesn't have any hope for descendants because she can't have children. And then Terah took Abram, Lot, and Sarai, and they went from the earth of the Chaldees on their way to Canaan, but they didn't get all the way to Canaan. Where did they stop? Herod. It almost seems from this like the intention was to go to Canaan. I think that may be the case. And that uh, Terah uh, stopped short and settled down in Haran. Um, you can think about that and do what you want to with that. And uh, so then, how, how old was Terah when he died? 205. Do you know the problem with that? Do you want to know the problem with that? It doesn't work. Right. It's yeah. something about when Abraham buried his father before he left. Er, yeah. Calvary. Look at Acts 7. Uh, I'll share. Uh, we probably did this when we went through Acts. I don't remember. Did we do that? But I guess we might as well look at it again here. Uh, Acts 7 4. Then he left the land of the Chaldees and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God had him moved to this country in which you're now living. So Stephen in Acts 7, 4 says, Abram left after his father died. But now look at it. His father died at the age of 205. How old was Terah when he became the father of Abram, Abram Nahor, and uh, Haran? According to verse 1126, he was 70. So how old would that make Abram when Terah died? 135. 135. But 12.4 says Abram was how old when he left Terah? 75. See the problem? (laughs) His father, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if his father had him when he's 70... And he left when he was 75, then Terah would have only been 145 when he left, but he was 205 when he died, and Stephen says Abram left after he died. So we've got the case of the missing 60 years. Uh, And there's a couple of possible reconciliations. One is the Samaritan Pentateuch, a different textual witness to Genesis says that Terah was 145 when he died in verse 32. Maybe that's right. Maybe that was the original text. And the text we have from the other Hebrew manuscripts is wrong. That's at least worth considering. Or maybe Terah didn't actually become the father of all three of them when he was 70 years old. That would have kind of made them triplets become, it's really biologically with one woman at least. You can't be the father of all three in the same year in single pregnancies. So maybe it's just saying he was 70 when he started having these sons. Maybe he even had, say, Haran first because Haran's daughter ends up marrying her uncle. Maybe there was a distance of time. Maybe he didn't have Abram until he was 135. 
even though he'd started having these three sons when he was 70. That's another possible reconciliation. Maybe there are others. Those are the two that I know of. Either one of those will work, depending on what day it is. I favor one or the other. At the moment, I think I prefer thinking that the Samaritan Pentateuch was right, but uh, I don't know. All right, anything you want to say about chapter 11? All right, well, that really launches us in now to Abram, which is, uh, well, just a great story. Uh, a lot of things we can say about Abram, a lot of things that we'll need to, uh, to look at and, and, and consider. Uh, think about this, for whatever it's worth. I think we can do a pretty good job of dating the birth of Abraham. Now, you have to follow this, but it might be worth doing at some point, so let's do it quickly. In 1 Kings chapter 6, in verse 1. It came about in the 480th year after the sons of Israel came out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel. He began to build the house of the Lord. He began to build the temple. So, we know Solomon began to build the temple oh, in roughly... 966, something like that. And it was 480 years before when they left the land of Egypt. Okay? So when does that make the Exodus? Well, about 1446. All right, look at Exodus 1240. In Exodus 12:40, how long were the Israelites in Egypt? 430 years. So they were in Egypt for 430 years. <clears throat> so that means they went down into Egypt. Let's see, 1446 plus 430. They went down into Egypt about 1876. Alright, look at Genesis 47.9. In <clears throat> Genesis 47.9, how old was Jacob when he went down to Egypt? About 130. Okay. So that's how old he was when he went down to Egypt. Now Genesis 25, 26. Genesis 25, 26. How old was Isaac when Jacob was born? He was 60. Okay. So we got the date of, of Isaac's birth. Now look at Genesis 21.5. How old was Abram when Isaac was born? 100. He was 100. And if you do the math, just did it, it's 21.66. I think that's a fairly solid date. Not that I quibble about a year or two or three. Uh, but I think we can pretty much go back to that far um, because those are pretty solid dates for us. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, uh, I think we can pretty well say that Abram was born in the general ballpark. Of <coughs> How do you know when the temple was built? We know that from all sorts of extra biblical considerations relating to the don't ask me what specifically for that. But we feel pretty confident of the dates of the kings. Yeah. 
because we've got so many historical things that relate to that. Mm-hmm. You say that's the date when Tara was 70 years old? The date when Abram was born. I don't know how old Tara was at that time. Okay. Yeah. So not, so that that's where it makes... That, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so why don't we read chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. 